So, Charlie, thank you very much for uh, joining us today in the garage. Um, you're a bit of a, a motorcycle nut, I think that's fair to say. I prefer legend. Are <laughs> <laughs> we well, one of those two? I would say nut. <laughs> so tell me, Charlie. I, I think my wife calls me a nutter, but um, you know, only because I spend so much time in hospital. But um, uh, but other than that, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about that one actually. We'll talk about that one. Can you tell us how how things been in the uh, Charlie household through COVID? Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's been it's been quite an interesting. Um, uh, time for me really um because you know in at, at the end of 2019 i think on the 18th of december um in 2019 we we rolled into um into los angeles having finished long way up with with ewan on the on the electric harley davidson and um and it was um you know it was quite a it was quite an adventure and and and, and then you know we all flew home and I, I i went off to australia to do some work in 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 february um, and then, and then the whole world changed. And, and, um, but for us, I, I, you know, we had to, when we were editing long way up, um, and putting it all together, we, we, we were in an editing house. There was seven or eight, um, editors and, and, and all the stuff that goes on when you have to make a TV show. It's a, that's, that's really, um, the most expensive part of, 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 of making a TV show is, you know, the fun of it is coming up with the idea. And, and going off and doing it, and you and I getting on the back of the motorbikes again after years and, and, and doing it. But the, but a lot of the hard work, or two thirds of the of the job, is is afterwards in the edit. And 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 then we realised that that we uh, you know the whole the whole country was was locking down. So we sent all our editors home with editing suites, and we and we and we we edited and cut and put the music and graphics and everything um, together from everybody's homes. So so it was quite a it was quite a busy time for us. So, and, um, and then, and then it came out during, during COVID. And, 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 and so, so it's been a really strange, it's been really difficult because you can't go anywhere. And it was, it was, uh, it was a challenge in work. So, so I suppose it was good for me. It just kept, it kept me really busy. Yeah. I must admit you, you must've struggled with the editing. I mean, I know how complex that can be with the editing, especially yeah. down with several people working on the same program at the same time. How did you end up doing the PR? Because there was brief moments where we were out of lockdown. Did you manage to do the rounds to plug the plug the series? Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of nearly all of. I mean, we did the uh, we made the TV show with Apple Apple TV, and and so um, you know that has um, a global reach. So so when Long Way opened on on Apple TV Plus, uh, uh, it was it was global. So so I sat in this very room for uh, I think it was uh, ten days. Um, from from sort of eight in the morning till eleven at night, um, just doing interviews, which was fantastic. And 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 so, you know, I'm super grateful that 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 people were you know took the time to to watch watch the show. But uh, but you know, and we we had a great time. It was a it was a huge challenge. You know, just just making it was a huge challenge. You know, deciding. Deciding to go electric <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's wasn't the easiest challenge. I mean, part of the fact that nearly nearly everybody told us you, you'll never do it. Um, so, uh, um, so that I think that just spurred us on. Did you find trouble charging? Did you find trouble charging on route? Um, well, it was kind of funny because when when um, I I had a couple of big accidents, um, and I'm sure um, Shaky knows all about breaking bones. 
Um, it, it never hurts when you're actually breaking them. It's only seconds later. So, uh, uh, but, um, so in 2016, I had a big crash, messed up my legs. Um, you know, Ewan was living in the States. I was living over here. Um, and, and we were always both working all the time. So we never really sort of got together that much because we were always doing, doing something. And so uh, after, the, after that crash, we, 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 we started talking a little bit more. Then I had a second big crash in 2018 where I, I really messed myself up quite badly on the second one. Um, probably worse than the first one. Um, and we started talking about making a TV show then um, and around sort of 2018. And, and, and that's right. We, we, uh, for most of the, of the planning of the TV show, we, 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 I, I, I went into hiding so that, so that then we could see, I smashed myself up again because no one would have given us the money. Was that your preparation was for your preparation for the lockdown, think, Charlie, think, just spending time in a wheelchair indoors? <laughs> I said, was that your preparation for lockdown this this time around? Being spending the time in uh, in a wheelchair indoors, <laughs> getting yourself ready for lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this time so far, I, I I'm 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 injury free um, this year. So so this is the I think 2020 and and the beginning of this one was the first time that I I haven't actually broken anything in, in quite a long time. I, I think you know in between my accident in 2016 2018, I, I rebroke my leg drunk on a scooter. <laughs> Uh, one of those little stand-up electric scooters coming back from the pub, trying to pop wheelies, which just don't work with those. You know those little wheels, and and the 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 the, the rake is almost is almost vertical. So it, it, you know, anybody out there doing it, don't bother trying to pop wheelies. Don't don't tell me about that, Charlie. Don't tell me about that. So I rebroke my leg between sixteen and eighteen, <laughs> and then I was finally. Not this Christmas gone, but the Christmas before that, I was finally, you know, walking around and, and doing some good stuff. And I was back on that little stand-up scooter, drunk on Christmas Eve, and um, went home and, and didn't make the corner and hit a car, parked car. <laughs> and um, and then I staggered home. <laughs> and I'm going, that really hurts. You know, my whole side of my thing hurts. And um, anyway, so I woke up in the morning, and it was Christmas Day, and we had 20, 24 people for lunch. And I walked down the stairs and I had to put my hand in my pocket because I couldn't move my left side. <laughs> and and, um, uh, uh, and my, as I came down the stairs, my wife looked at me. She said, you, do you say, um, uh, sorry, guys. So I think she said, if you say a single word about how much pain you're in, uh, I, I, you, you will never have sex or I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> so so I, I, with the help of my children, I cooked. Sunday um, Christmas lunch for 24 and um, and then on and then on Boxing Day the next day my wife said I'm still painful so she said oh you know Charlie I think we better go to the hospital <laughs> to the hospital and this is how bad it's been the last four years I, I've walked into Chester Westminster Hospital and everyone went oh all right Charlie what have you done this time <laughs> I knew all the doctors and all the doctors and nurses anyway so I lay there and, and my shoulder was really bad I still I think I've broken some ribs but I think it's okay uh, but my shoulder hurts a little bit, and he goes, "Right, we'll just um, we'll just take an X-ray of the shoulder." <laughs> and he came back and he goes, "Charlie, the good news is that there's nothing wrong with the shoulder, but the bad news is that you've broken all your ribs on the left hand side and wow. collapsed your lung." <laughs> so, wow. so then I spent the rest of the time in in hospital along with about thirty other people who all had lung collapses, who had all were stab victims. So. Uh, uh, unbelievable how many stab victims you, there you, were. You you have you have had 
uh, a few accidents. Um, I think the big one was in Portugal, wasn't it? It was that when you did both of your legs. Yeah, I did both my legs and my hand at the at the, at the same time. That was um, that was that was embarrassing. I was on the new twelve hundred um, uh, Tiger twelve hundred, you know, adventure bike, and um, and we were on the launch <laughs> of that thing. So instead of launching the bike, I launched my it into a wall and 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 destroyed my legs and and yeah, I had it quite a, it was quite bad. And that uh, that's really taking me up until August of nineteen to be able to walk properly really or, or walk with to be able to walk without it without a cane or or, or anything I, I still can't walk um long distances because my knees and my and my ankle are all too smashed up now but um uh but yeah no that was that wasn't that wasn't great and and but but the, but the positive thing about that was i was the first person ever to destroy the tiger 1200 uh <laughs> adventure bike what an accolade <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You know. going, going back it took to them the... an hour and a half to find the back wheel. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the beginning, um, I read that you'd done some, some acting at a very young age, six years old. You was in your, your first ever movie. Yeah. Bearing in mind, that's quite a different kind of occupation to, to, to motorcycling full stop. Where did the whole motorcycling thing come from for you? Well, for me, um, um, my father is a, is a film director, a guy called um, John Borman, and, and he, he directed films like Deliverance, Excalibur, and Hope and Glory, and Emerald Forest, and, and, and a whole point blank. He made a couple of movies with Lee Marvin. Uh, he made The Exorcist 2. Uh, uh, you know, so he, he was probably one of Britain's great film directors. Um, and, and we were four children, and so whenever they needed kids, for uh, for the film, he said, "Don't employ any. I've got four free children." So we, we were just <laughs> thrown into into the movies. And 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 when Dad was making Deliverance with Burt Reynolds and John Boyd and Ned Beatty, you know, these four guys going down a river, and um, and there's a famous sort of dueling banjo scene in it. Um, uh, at the end of the movie, they needed a little boy to sit on the sofa. Uh, uh, so when Lee Mar when John Boyd comes back to um, to the house. There's a little boy sitting on the sofa, and 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 that was me. My father said to me, "Look, if you sit on that sofa with that bloke, I'll give you a tricycle." <laughs> it sounds pretty dodgy, but, but I really wanted the tricycle. <laughs> yeah, but you—I mean, I know um, Ridley Scott. You know, we're great, great friends with your father, John, as well. Now, the rumor was, what I want to know is, it, I know um, Ridley's son, Luke. Is that right? Um, were you in Alien? <laughs> Did you appear in any of the Ridley no, Scott I, Alien I, movies? Bizarrely, I, I, I get asked this quite a lot, and, and um, no, um, I wasn't. Sadly, I would love to have been in, in, in that movie. I mean, my my acting career kind of um, it did very well up until the sort of uh, mid nineties. I, I I made a film called The Emerald Forest. Um, I I not uh, remember you from that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I spent a lot of time in a g-string, mostly, uh, um, and and um, but 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 that had big success and it went around the world and, and and I did a bunch of movies after that. But but my you know I think my heart was never was never fully into it. So so I'd made a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, and, and then my career was sort of sort of weaning off a little bit. Um, and and there was about a period of ten years where I did a lot of painting and decorating and then eventually starting to do people's houses up. And that's kind of where my career looked like it was going. 
but in between that 10 years i i made the odd movie and 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 that's when i made a movie with jace uh with ewan mcgregor um uh, a film called the serpent's kiss which 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 had ewan mcgregor pete postlethwaite greta scatchy richard e grant uh um and carmen chapman and and i thought god this is my this is my comeback movie and Anyway, the movie turned out to be just a pile of old shite. But um, <laughs> uh, but we had we ended up with great friendship, and and you and I became great friends, and and um, and we ran motorbike race teams back in the day. We had Pace3.com was one of our sponsors. We had David Jeffries and Matt Llewellyn racing for us on the British Superstocks, and which which we won, came first and second, and then um, and then we we're, we're heading towards. Uh, uh, British superbikes with Ducati, but but the 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 Pace3.com fell through, and um, they wanted to talk about football rather than than motorbikes. <laughs> so, which is uh, you know the bane of this country about football. It's, it's all everybody ever talks about. You know how how can you spend so much time talking about football? I, I just I don't get it. It's pages and pages of shite. It's just unbelievable. Is there a, is there a football team you actually support? I find it one of the most boring games on earth. <laughs> Why spend 90 minutes watching a game of football and it ends up nil-nil? I just I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but it was a great game it's by fun. all accounts. Oh, sorry? I said, but it was a great game by all accounts. Apparently, <laughs> even, yeah. Even though it was nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think there should be motorbikes. I think we should, you know, I mean, look, you, you know, the, the whole thing about Sam Sunderland winning, um, winning the Dakar Rally a couple of years ago and, 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 and and on on the news, uh, uh, um, they they were talking about uh, some guy coming second in the cars, and, yeah. and it was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, I mean, we 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 got to champion our our, our I hero. I mean, know? I noticed and, over the over the over the last, I would say over the last five, pushing it to ten years, cars. Uh, obviously, we, there's the top gear, there's the fifth gear, there's everything else, but. There's more and more bike programs coming out now, which is good to see. You know, we are doing reviews. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube now about bikes. Um, I think this is where this came from as well. You know, me and Shaky talking about it. Why isn't everyone covering bikes? There's a big fraternity in this country and actually globally. And I go out riding a lot. In fact, we've spoken about it, Charlie, about joining you guys and going out for a bit of a spin. I think Joe Wicks has a met yeah. yours. He's a bit of a biker. Yeah. I'm all going out for a spin somewhere. And it's that anonymity I enjoy. When you put your visor yeah. down and you're off riding, it's just you, the bike, and the road. Now, but you've taken it to a whole extreme to do these journeys that you do. And I know you and you and are very close. You're very tight. You must have argued about the weirdest things because your mind will be wandering as you're riding along thousands of miles, thousands of miles in the middle of nowhere. What do you argue about? And what were you thinking about when you were doing that monotonous? hours and hours in the seat i think you know I, it's funny isn't it and people you know i mean on the whole i think i think you and i never we didn't really argue that much we would sort of we'd sometimes had heated discussions about where we were going to go because we never really knew where we were going to go uh um uh, uh you know until until sort of that evening or the beginning of each day we would sort of figure out where we were trying to get to that for the next day to do that but but i i remember something i mean it, it was always it's it's always based on on kind of food so so like when, when we were in mongolia um when we did the long way around we, we we spent 18 days going across mongolia and we spent most of those 18 days we spent um camping and and 
and it was very difficult to get food in 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 Mongolia. It's a very remote. Place. Didn't you find testicles and there? So all, yeah, testicle soup. We, we <laughs> ate that. Yeah, that was that was hard. Um, you know, it's, it's when you put a testicle in 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 your mouth and, and it pops. It's what that pop represents. You know, that is pretty disgusting. Oh, that's my doorbell. My my Harley Livewire has just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> No, it really has. I'll, I'll, I'll probe it. it to you later. I'd love to share but, it. Share um, us later, absolutely. Uh, but, but so so we didn't have very much food, so we would eat some food in, in, in the morning, and then by the afternoon, you know, we just, it was so difficult to get anywhere. You know, you forgot about eating and stuff like that, and by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you start to get, you know, really annoyed. And and sometimes I would just be following Ewan, and just, just the way he was riding his bike would annoy me. <laughs> You know, and 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 I was like, God, come on, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then and then we'd stop, and and you know, you could see that that sort of energy levels had just dropped. And then we go, home, oh, we haven't eaten, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, and haven't eaten since 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 seven o'clock in the morning, you know. And and so you'd eat a bit of food, and then then you you're sort of happy again. But I think one of the biggest things that on on all three of the journeys and and all the other trips I've done in Binding Means and Extreme Frontiers and and and, and stuff like that. Is um, is that because you do have a lot of time? You're sitting on the bike for long periods of time. You, uh, your mind, as you said earlier, your mind wanders, and 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 you start thinking about things that you haven't thought about for a long time. And and I remember when we did Long Way Round, I I lost my sister Talsha to to cancer um, uh, about 25 years ago, and and very luckily she she saw Dune, my first daughter, before before she passed. And I remember after she passed, you, you know, we everyone just got on with life, and 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 um, and we had children, we had another child, and and stuff like that. And then suddenly, I'm, I'm riding with you and up into Eastern Europe, and, and and stuff like that. And 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 suddenly she started sort of popping into my mind again a lot, and I started thinking about her a lot. And 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 you know, even had a little cry in my helmet about her missing her. I mean, I still miss her after 26 years, you know. Um, and and um, uh, but it was amazing. I, I, I finally had the time to be able to sort of sit there and actually sort of, you know, think about my sister, think about think about lots of things. Think about I used to think about friends that I hadn't thought about for a long time when I was in school, or or you know, um, and all sorts of things came through. So I think you know we talk about this big mindfulness in in um, in society at the moment, and 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 you know. Um, mental health and all that kind of stuff. I think the motorbike and a bit of a journey gives you that space. There's no distractions. Mm. You know, there's no telephone. There's no someone sitting beside you in another car. There's, there's just you and the helmet, and, you know, and that. So it's. I think it's as you said, Paul is is um, it's lovely. It's a, it's a strange. It's weird. I've done some. I've done a few long uh, races. I've done some twenty four hour races in the car. And weirdly yeah. enough, you do get used to the track and what's going on and where you are on the track. And sometimes when you get straight, you have that moment where you start thinking, you know that what corner's coming up. But in that brief six seconds where you're full chat going down the straight, you start thinking of weird things. And you're almost Definitely. Put, putting the world to rights. So when you take your helmet off, you must have had comms anyway with, with you and you were chatting away. Yeah. Um, did these things that were coming up in your mind when you're trying to put the world at peace, did you then communicate that with you and start chatting about it? Yeah, no, we, we, we certainly did. And, 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 
you know, I think both of us, I think we found it very lethargic mm. for, for, for the both of us. And, and, you know, we definitely spoke about um, extremely private things and, 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 um, and experiences that, 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 that happened, you know, and because it'd been 12 years or so since, since we did, you know, the last one, a lot has happened mm. between us, you know, as, as Ewan talks about, you know, um, uh, you know, he talks about uh, Jamian and, and adopting Jamian, who we who we came across um, a long way around when we did a UNICEF project in in, in, in an orphanage, and, and you know, I've been very much involved in in her life as a godfather and and, and watching her grow up and stuff, and, and 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 all that sort of stuff has happened in that twelve years. The, the accidents, the, 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 the you know, all sorts of highs and lows in those in those sort of 12 years and 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 what's wonderful about having great friends um as you guys know is is to be able to 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 be able to talk to and a, a great friend or something and and sort of be, be able to open up and be truthful oh look hang on guys sorry look this is the i got to show on, you what's turned up look there it is can you see it i can see it yeah hold up, hold up. i saw the headlights saw the headlights <laughs> and uh Hold on, here it comes. I'm just going outside. Oh la la! Oh guys, look at that! Say hi to Paul Hollywood and Shaky Barnes, guys. Hello. Hey, that's a nice looking bike. Is that a bronze? Look at that. That's that's the orange. That's the orange. Um, that's the one. That's the colour I had on Long Way Up. That's um, a beautiful so, looking yeah. bike. So, there you go. Oh, nice. the telephone. Is that the O oh, to connect? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great looking bike, Shakes, isn't it? It is quite cool, yeah. Okay, all right, I've got to finish this interview. So, listen, thanks, guys. Ollie will sign it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Paperwork. It's funny you mention. Never sign anything, ever. <laughs> no, denial knowledge. I think ultimately, how. I mean, obviously. The chatting, I think, I think blokes are guilty of not talking to each other and not letting their emotions come out. Women find it far easier to communicate with each other. Um, I think, well, men... and that's why they they, they live longer. And, yeah, and um, and you know, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, th I think you're absolutely right. I, but but I think what's wonderful, I do a lot of work with um with uh, uh, with Movember, and and I had testicular cancer yeah. a few years ago, and I lost a nut, and and um, did I ever tell you a story about that? The, did I ever tell you the story about how I lost my nut? No, go on. Oh God, it was funny. Anyway, so uh, anyway, so um, my wife, uh, my wife was taking our dog Ziggy to uh, to work. Uh, no, not to work, to the vet, and 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 um, and uh, she, you know he's having his normal checkup and, and and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so the last thing he che checks is his nuts, right? And he checks one of his one of Ziggy's nuts and he says, "Oh, one of them feel a bit odd." You should keep an eye on that. My wife said, Christ, she said, one of my husband's testicles feels a bit odd. And he said, no, you should definitely, definitely check that out. So anyway, so she comes home and said, Charlie, you've got to have that nut checked. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, all right. So anyway, go down to the doctor. You know, men are quite useless at this. And he says, oh, yeah, no. And this was the first of, of, of an unbelievable amount of people feeling my testicles over a period of time. And, and, and he says... And he says you've definitely got to get that checked out. So you have an ultrasound if, if, if you know, if they think you might have one. Anyway, so and he goes, ring this number, book it up. So anyway, so of course I walk out to the hospital. I just don't bother with it. Anyway, the next morning at seven thirty in the morning, my GP rang me and he said, 
have you done anything about that ultrasound? And in, in the 20 something years that I've been registered to that surgery, they've never rung me. And so it completely freaked me out. So I went and got the surgery and that's when it kind of sort of all started. So that's when the groping started. And, and well, can um, you explain uh, to me uh, and hundreds of other men, what are you looking for that you, that, that when you know there's a problem with your testes, what you're well, looking apparently, for? Apparently lots of men don't, um, don't like, uh, well, well, what you've got to do, see women again, are much better at this, right? So, so for years and years and years, they've been told to 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 check their breasts for yeah, lumps yeah. and get to know your breasts. Mm. And um, and the same thing applies to uh, to men. You you've got to get to know your testicles, and so they should both feel similar, and they should both be relatively soft. You know, not soft soft, but you know, plump. Right. And um uh, and and then just just to, you know once a week or so, just 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 um just have a grope. Uh, in the um, in the shower or whatever, and and just get to know them, and and then what you can do is what you know my wife and I do a lot is that we sort of we sort of stand there to, facing each other and we grope each other and get to know each other's things. So and that kind of leads into other things, which is perfect. So you know there's a there's a win win. So you're you're looking for abnormalities in the testy itself, lumps, bumps, yeah, shapes, yeah. So lumps, then in my case, one of my testicles sort of shrank a little bit and went hard. Right. Um, uh, and so, so I did. That. Anyway, so so you, you you get your so you know I ended up quite quickly on on the operating table and and I remember lying there and this doctor comes up to me goes Charlie he says he says do you want a false one put in and I said what do you mean you can have a false one and he goes yeah no you can have a little silicon testicle put in and and I go well is it common and and he goes well you know trying to make a decision here you know under pressure. And he goes, well, you know, it's 50-50, which didn't help the decision at all. <laughs> so anyway, so I decided to have one in, and I asked my wife, and she goes, well, as long as it's bigger than the last one, then that would be great. <laughs> but uh, she, so anyway, he, he said, okay, no problem at all. And anyway, just as I was passing out from the from the anesthetic, he looked down at me, and, and, he, and he looked straight at me, and he said, he said, don't worry, Charlie, it's just like shelling peas. <laughs> and then i and then i woke up you know with a and actually i must say you know because you lose a test when you think oh will i ever get a hard on again you know will i be able to perform you know anyway so the next morning so that night i go to bed i go to sleep in the hospital wake up in the morning to a fabulous temple and i thought i'm in i'm okay you know <laughs> <laughs> And what effect did this this whole cancer thing have on the on the rest of your family, Charlie? Because obviously, you know, when you when you go off to do your long way around trips or whatever, you know, you're leaving home, you're going off to ride through dangerous countries on a motorbike, stuck in the middle of nowhere. I mean, your wife's got that to deal with, and then she finds out yep. that you've got testicular cancer. What effect did that have on the on the family in in general? I think, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think, you know, it's I think it's tough, kind of, for everyone because the minute someone says you know the big c you know it, it you, you hear all these things that happen and and you know because my sister Talsha um had ovarian cancer and lost her life to it and you know and it, it was not a, a very nice um it, it wasn't very nice to watch your sister you know slowly die and 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 what she must have gone through having left little daphne behind who was six at the time and and you know and it just destroys um families you know and 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 
And you know, you know, nothing is ever the same once you lose a sibling, or, or especially a sibling, because you know, especially for my parents, I felt terrible for my parents because they, you know, it was their firstborn child. Tasha had almost died drowning in a puddle when she was like twelve months old, or something like that. And dad brought her back to life, and so, uh, so you know, losing your first, your daughter, you never expect to ever outlive your children, you know? And, and so all of that went through my mind and my wife's mind and my kids were a bit too young really to realize what was going on. And, and so, you know, those two or three days of sitting, of lying in bed at night, you know, you wake up, you know, those horrible things when you're not feeling great, you know, shaky, I'm sure you've had it loads of times with your accident in your neck and you wake up in the middle of the night at that witching hour at one or two in the morning and, and, you know, you're just left with your thoughts. Um, at night not knowing what the outcome is going to be and, and will I end up like my sister or will I end up like you potentially paralyzed and, and you know this huge um, huge implications there but but um, but humans are very are very uh, are very resilient and, and and you know I think we we I mean I, I think I think one of the things about I think there are two things what happen with if you have a big trauma you, you can either let that trauma define you and you never really leave from the moment you had the trauma or you, 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 you have an ability to be able to let it go and, 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 and not let that trauma define you, you know, but you define it. And, and, and I remember after I broke my leg, I was lying in Portugal having had this, just this long, long operation. And I woke up in the morning and I had a catheter. My both legs were out. My right hand was out. And, and I was trying to maneuver myself in bed with this left hand and, and I was feeling terribly sorry for myself and thinking, oh, you know, quite up. You know, if I just left the, the, the hotel one minute earlier or one minute later, this would never have happened, you know, and all those things going in your mind. And then I noticed there was someone else in the room beside me and, 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 um, and he was in a terrible way and had an accident and he was, I don't think he was going to, he was going to walk again. And, 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 um, uh, and then I suddenly looked at him and I looked at myself and I just, I, I actually became quite cheery about my action. I thought, well, actually, this isn't so bad. Looking on the and, bright um, side. <laughs> and from that point on, it, it it was okay, you know. I remember my, it was funny you mentioned that. My mum had a, I was 21 and my mum, granddad, brother and nan all had a very, very bad car accident. And my mum broke a neck in two places and this will ring a bell with you, Shaky. She was in hospital for a long time. They cut, split her skull, cracked the skull, and she was in a mess. And I meant to go and see her. And what got, what got her through it was her faith at the time. She was a Christian. Yeah. And one of the things which which were put on the ceiling, she had to wear these glasses, which were sort of uh, prisms, so she could read a book, you know. And these glasses are sort of mirrored, so she could hold it in the normal place. And someone had sent a sign saying, "Be still and know that I am God." Because there was times in that witching hour that she woke up all alone yeah. in the hospital, couldn't move a neck, couldn't move anything, was in huge amounts of pain. And it was these little symbols that meant a lot to her to get her through those yeah. bad time, that hour, you know, that two hours where she was on her own and lonely. I mean, what was it with I you think that got sure, you through? And I, I, think, I think Shaky could reiterate that. I mean, certainly more, more than I was. I mean, I... I had legs and the, almost lost a leg, but, but you, you know, you can get through that, but, um, but, you know, but being paralyzed from the neck down, you can't, I mean, that really does change things. And I've got a friend who, 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 who 
has that Trevor and and you know it's t- it's a tough it's a tough place to live you know but you do you do have those things your your grandmother had a faith I I had motorbikes I mean uh, the my my whole my whole focus was just to get back on a motorbike and 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 that that was that was that was what it was and and you know I remember. And I'm sure, Shaky, you remember this. You you have little little milestones in your recovery, you know. And one of my milestones was, you know, I was stuck in bed, and so I was pooping into a into a bedpan for ages, which is really unsatisfying. And then then I had a little commode beside my bed, and then I was in a wheelchair. And and, and I remember this one time, I kept wheeling past the wheelchair on the ground floor of our of our house, and it's a little tiny loo under the stairs. And, and um, with two little steps going down, and, and I figured out that I could get to the landing of this. There was where the staircase goes up to the to, to the bedrooms up in my house. There's two steps and a little landing, so I could get from the wheelchair to the landing. I could bum shuffle down the two steps and bum shuffle along the ground, throw my two legs into into the toilet, and then and then if, if I sort of stood up on the on the better leg, because they were both still quite weak. If I stood on the better leg, I could get my trousers down, and if I could, I figured out I could potentially swivel around and sit on the toilet, and it was like, that's what I'm going to do. That that, <laughs> so I, that you know, that's <laughs> really weird. But you mentioned that because when I was in Cyprus, I dis I, I did something to a muscular to the bottom part of my spine. And um, I lifted up a bag of flour, basically, then mopped and put the flour bag down. And when I went to lift the flour bag, I normally sweep it up and throw it on my shoulder. They'd mopped it, so it was stuck. So as I went down, I ripped uh, two muscles in the bottom part of my back. And then I couldn't stand up. I went to stand up, leaned on the table, and just collapsed down to the floor like a rag doll. I ended up going, walking hands and knees into the kitchen. The chef was there with all the team, and he said, what are you doing on the floor? I said, chef, I can't stand up. I was in no pain. I just couldn't stand yeah. up. Stand so they, up. they oh, panicked. God. The doctor came, cortisone. I was in a wheelchair for two weeks. I couldn't actually walk. But I, I could still go to the pub. And the problem was in Cyprus, all the loos were upstairs. So this is where yeah. you know your friends. I was in the pub having pint after pint after pint. You know what it's like after you've had your third pint? It starts to come out the other side. And I broke the seal too early. And because I was still drinking, the guys had to wheel me <laughs> to the bottom of the stairs. Fireman, fireman lift up to me to the top floor to go to the loo. Drop me onto the loo and I'd be, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. <laughs> Get pulled off the no, loo. It is, it, is, it is hilarious. I mean, the thing is, and, and I, I, remember, I remember getting my trousers down and then spinning around. And then as I span around, I went to sit down and I missed the toilet. And I got and get this really small toilet, and I got wedged between <laughs> the toilet and the wall. So I was sort of, I was like this with my legs sticking out, and I had this big cage around my leg, and I couldn't move. I couldn't get up and in. And just as that, just as I did that, my daughter walked past. Uh, my daughter Dune, and 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 she and she she looked down at me. She said, "What, what are you doing there?" And I said, "Oh, I, I, I missed the toilet. Can you give me a hand?" And she just looked at me. And said, "Nope." And just walked off. <laughs> Left <laughs> me. I had to drag myself out. Anyway, finally got into the toilet and took a dump. And it was probably the best dump <laughs> I think I've probably ever had. I've got a similar kind of story um, from, you know, when you said about uh, being in hospital and stuff like that. I remember when I was uh, first in the neck brace and, and whatever else and was kind of wedged in one thing, you know, I couldn't really move or do anything. And no. I'd spent so much time laid in one position, was so, so uncomfortable. And 
you know when you you talk about faith like your mum had faith and charlie you had your your determination with bikes and stuff like that i remember just thinking do you know what i'm sick of this i i cannot stand being on my back for a minute longer and it was about a day or two after they'd started to come in to do log rolls right so that you don't get um Oh, pressure cool. swords and stuff on, on the back of you. So we'd been doing these log rolls. And I figured, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna log roll myself and I'm going to roll on my front. I've just got to get off my back. I can't lay there like this any longer, right? So you know how you said uh, you go from one thing to another. You know, you, you, you build these little kind of milestones up and stuff like that. So, you know, one arm had gone across to grab hold of the handle of the bed and then you'd kind of shuffled an elbow underneath yourself and you'd done all these things and prepared yourself and and i gave this almighty pull and rolled myself over right and rolled onto my front and for a split second it was almost like euphoric it was the nicest feeling in the world but the the thing i hadn't (laughs) taken into account was that i was face first in the pillow and almost (laughs) choked myself so uh not only was i uh, i was in pain from being on my back all the time but i'd rolled myself over i got stuck completely like almost suffocated myself i was ringing the buzzer and ringing the bell and all these nurses coming and I was like, no, no, right, okay, I'll stick to my back for now. <laughs> that was that was my little warning. Like you, you'd reached too far of a milestone. Yeah. Oh God, it is those milestones. I remember getting into the. I remember getting into my car. I snuck out, and they, you know, still had the cage on around my leg, and I snuck out with the wheelchair, and I went across the road because the car was on the other side of the road, and I opened up the door, and I managed to get myself into the car, um, and I closed the door and I left the wheelchair on the on the pavement and I drove off and, 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 and drove around. And in, in my excitement that I, I, I had this planned in my head, um, sorry, in this in this excitement that I had planned in my head, I, um, uh, I, I didn't take my phone with me or anything. So I just went off in the car and I came back and someone else had parked in, in the place where my wheelchair was. <laughs> so, so I was stuck in it and eventually I had to come up by the outside of the house and beat the horn until my wife came out and she looked at me and she said, and she said lots of really, really bad words <laughs> about what I was doing in there and that I wasn't supposed to be in there and that, you know, whose fucking idea was it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Charlie? Um, yeah. Obviously we've been going on about accidents and, and um, certainly both of you have, have both had pretty bad motorcycle accidents what is it the drive to get you back on a motorbike what is it about motorbikes what do you love about motorbikes no i mean i I think a little bit of the of the freedom of of that that sense of of of, um when you i mean i used to do a lot of horse riding when i was young and 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 um because i lived in the countryside in ireland and in the middle of nowhere and 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 I did that, and and then Tommy Rochford, who was a local kid in the village, had a he had a Mako he had a Mako four hundred, I think it was, and then that was the beast of all beasts at the time, and um, and he let me have a go on it, and 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 I remember I couldn't quite touch the 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 foot pegs, but I went round this field in first gear until I fell off, and 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 that was it. It just somehow you you, you know when I was a kid, I used to with a couple of mates, Kaz and and a few others, we used to. We used to get a a, a, a a little small thing of, of petrol and strap it to the back of the bike, and we'd go off into the Wicklow Mountains, and you'd ride and ride and ride until you ran out of fuel, and then you'd fill it up again, and then you'd ride home, and 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 just that sense of freedom, go wherever you want, and 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 
and then you know living in london you know it makes such sense that 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 you know you can get anywhere um super quickly and and it's pleasurable so if you've had a big hard day at work you get on the bike by the time you've ridden home everything's forgotten and and um and you get home and you're all right whereas if you drive home you're on the phone you get out the car you're still on the phone you walk into the house you're still talking to someone on the phone and there's no there's no break mm. and 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 it's fun i mean you fun. we have to come up with a plan shaky we're gonna have to do something with charlie will you will you be up for a ride together then when all this covid stuff's out of the way yeah, for sure, absolutely. Right. Um, I, I'll do. Yeah, any, any, anywhere. I, I, I think, I think, um, I think we're all going to be stuck in in Britain at the moment for yeah. for a while. But but there are some just fabulous places to to ride. I'm I'm hoping. Um, there's a there's a a friend of mine who owns um uh, uh, a little a, a little uh, company called Biker B and B, and so that he does all these B and Bs all over the country that are biker friendly and and. Um, and what's a biker friendly what's a biker friendly place um and <laughs> sorry what's a biker friendly place i mean you park your bike and walk in what do they have garages for the bikes or yeah they have garages they they have drying rooms they they um you know they 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 you know they can look after your bikes they they um because because if you're a biker you if you go to sort of a a, a campsite or a place where you're supposed to where you're supposed to feed yourself, you know, you can't take that mm. kind of stuff on a, on a bike. So, so, so in general, motorcyclists who go places spend more money than people who go in cars. Mm. So, so people, people like them. And, and then they find these really cool, quirky places, really cool places to stay. And these, like these, you know, those, those shepherd's huts that have become really popular yeah. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And they find all of those places and you stay in those places. And, and I mean, so I'm going up there um, later on in the year, hopefully. When that goes, but we've got to we, do it. We've got to do it. Gorgeous place, Highlands, Wales. Go down and see Simon Pavey. We could get beasted on the uh, on the BMWs down there, and and uh, you know he can you know teach us how to teach us all how to ride properly. What's your go-to bike? Because obviously I'm a bit of a super bike fan, so I like. To, I mean, I, I like jumping on my Triumph, uh, and it's comfortable and it's relaxed. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I love super bikes. I love the feeling of jumping on a super bike. What's your go-to bike? Yeah, I mean, it's just I uh, it's called an electric Harley. I, <laughs> I used to do hundreds of track days, and and I love sports bikes and stuff. But I mean, my go-to bike at the moment, because you know, living in central London, I, I've got a I've got a, a Triumph T120 mm. that um, that um, a, a company called Down and Out um, had chopped up for me. And I put a big front end, big front tire on the front, and uh, got rid of all the switches and put all micro switches in, and, and chopped the back up, and made it a little bit shorter. So it's that sort of, you know, I'm involved in um, uh, in the bike shed up in yeah. up in Shoreditch, and, and it's that sort of style of sort of cafe racer kind of looking bike. So I, I love riding that thing at the moment. But but you know, I. I just need a bigger place so I can I can have a bike for every feeling, you know. <laughs> you need a Paul Hollywood garage, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Paul Hollywood garage. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a warehouse um just just down down the road where I've got all my bikes, but but you, you know it's it's not it's not it's not in my back door if you see what I mean. Yeah. I have to drive there or ride there, which is a pain. But uh, but I'm I'm hoping to move down to the Surrey Hills quite soon. Come down so, to Kent, um, mate. Come down to Kent and get a place with a little barn. You can put all your stuff in there, Oz. 
Oh my gosh, that would be lovely. But I, I think what I've gotten into as well, because you saw my my Harley Livewire has mm. um, has just arrived, and I have to say that bike has a little sort of commuter bike and around town thing. I mean, it's just it's just. I mean, it is a naked sports bike, is what it is yeah. really. I mean, it, it's not to sixty in just under three seconds. It, it, it handles really well. I took it around Brands Hatch a little while ago. You mentioned this um, to me. You've mentioned this to me. You took it round. It, it, it was amazing. What the talk on the bike? Oh, just, we've got to be so careful because you can just you, you know what it's like when you're coming into court. You bring in that that power too early. It's got so much torque that you can I think get yourself into terrible trouble. Plus the fact Harley Davidson didn't know that that I was taking it on the track. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was that. You know when you have that little thing in the back of your mind that is nagging you in the back of your mind. I'm sure you'll, you, you could tell us a lot about that shaky, about if there's just something not quite right and you're, you're going around Brands Hatch or wherever it is. And, 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 and because I didn't want to destroy a 30,000 pound bike, I, uh, and that they didn't know that I was there. I, I kind of sort of pussied myself around there. Well, I kind of, I treaded very carefully around, but that bike is, is pretty awesome. Charlie, you've raised a lot of money um, for charities and stuff. I know you're involved with uh, with UNICEF, uh, UNICEF, yeah. UNICEF. I don't know where that come from. Um, <laughs> UNICEF and uh, and and various other charities. Um, what made you choose those charities? I think um, I think UNICEF was when uh, when we did Long Way Round. Um, originally, you know, we were leaving our young kids behind. You was leaving a couple of kids behind. I was leaving a couple of kids behind. And it made sense to be able to sort of highlight things that go on around the world for, for children. You know, I mean, 60% of children live in, in poverty. And, and so, um, so we started to do, doing that. And then, you know, that's, that's where we met um, Jamie and Ewan's, Ewan's daughter uh, in Mongolia. She'd been left on the steps uh, of the orphanage. I think she was, she was quite old. She was sort of two years old at the time. So, um, and um, and then you know every time we did a we did a TV show we we we, we added a story into it and, and 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 got involved that way really and 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 I've loved that um, I, I'm involved with Movember because of testicular cancer and mm. and men are absolutely useless at talking about their problems and and I think we're getting better but um, but it's you know there's no shame in 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 sh- showing your feelings you know but so that's how I got involved. Yeah, well, I was actually just about to say that, you know, one of the charities we're working with, Charlie, is the Royal Marsden. And I think that awareness yeah. is, is far more valuable than cash at some time. So, yeah, I think we were to, to give you a bit of a round of applause for kind of being so open about stuff, you know, because like you said, it is difficult to to share problems. I mean, when you speak about the um, the cancer thing, when somebody mentions a C word, I had a couple of little lumps on the side of my head. And I remember going in and uh, at the time I was 39 years old, right? And I went into this doctor, just a normal GP. And I said to this doctor, I said, oh, I'm getting really spotty. I said, I never had acne as a kid. You know, I, I don't understand what's going on. Can you can you take a look, right? So he was like, oh, yeah, you've got, um, you've got, you know, acne here. And we've got some cream for that. We've got this there. We've got something the other. And then he says to me, oh, and that bit there is cancer. Like as, as blatant as that, right? Um, so I was like, oh, well, 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 you are. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, these things are, you know, if you're going to catch a, a type of cancer, these are the ones to catch. Don't worry too much about it. And I was like, you just told me I might have cancer. Do you have not, not yeah, worry? Yeah. Um, but I went off to see, um, I went off to see a, a private guy. 
and uh, and it was true, you know, these these type of tumor were, you know, about the safest ones you could get, sort of thing. But yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes you, you know your whole world moves, doesn't it? Like yeah. you, you know, you hear that word, you hear that c word, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh. I, I didn't pay the mortgage on what, what's going to happen to Zach and Lily you and Petra. Think and, death, and, don't you? Yeah, well, you do. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And, and you know, and, and what's lovely about it now is that, is that there is, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there to, to, who can, who can, who can, who can help out. I mean, that, that, I mean, I think I had the same thing when, when I had the testicular cancer, the, the doctor said to me, he said, Charlie, I know, that you went through this with, your, with what you went through with your sister, but he said he said this this testicular cancer is is a is a it's not a life change it's just an inconvenience. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I but I remember I... I remember having chemo, and and um and I remember having this big bag of chemo going into my arm, and I was doing a track day the next day um, at Silverstone. I think we we're doing something with the BMW RR. And he said to me, "Look, Charlie, you just got to take it easy for a couple of days." And I thought, "Fuck that! I've got this. Um, <laughs> I've got this track day the next day." So anyway, he gave me a bunch of these pills, and I went out and and I was going around the track day on this on this um, this thousand RR, and um, and I I came into the pits and I was feeling a bit kind of rough, you know. And I took my helmet off and and I can't remember who was taking me around. I I, I can't remember. Um, uh, one of the superbike guys. I just I can't remember. And, and anyway, he he said, "Guys, Charlie, you look green." And and uh, and I looked at myself. And I said, "I don't feel very well." And, and he said, "What's the matter?" I said, "Oh, I just I had a bit of I had a bit of chemo yesterday." And um and he goes, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Anyway, so I took these pills and and, and that stopped the sickness and carried on. So what um, what was bizarre you know, was at the moment. One C word's been overtaken by another C word, COVID, and COVID's done more damage. Yeah. Not just with, you know, we all associate it now with death. You think if you get COVID, you're going to die. A lot of people don't, but the C word has is has infected the fact that the charities are struggling to raise money because everybody's concentrated on on COVID and not on cancer research and the hospitals. Everybody's yeah. struggling off the back of COVID. And it's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast was to promote the charities, to give them extra chance to raise yeah. money, because there's there's going to be damage done through COVID to all these charities, and then in turn to all the people affected by you know cancer being one of them. For sure, I mean it doesn't stop, and 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 I think you know the Royal Marsden, which where where I was um, treated in um, on the King's Road in London, you know they've been they that, that hospital's managed to sort of ring fence itself to still be a. A cancer, a cancer unit, and they can, they can, you know, people are still getting treatment, but that's not the same story for everybody um, mm. in the country. And 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 um, you know, di di diagnosing um, cancer and stuff has 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 had a real, it's, the whole thing has had an impact. So for sure, you know, one of the things we 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 still sort of still need to do these, as you say, these charities still need um, uh, their support, and 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 it's not just. Just not just the cancer thing, but like with UNICEF, you know, um, you, you know, something like forty or fifty percent of of the, of the of the world's children are inoculated through UNICEF, mm. and um, you know, to be able to get this COVID vaccine out there, you know, we need to support um, not just for our country, but 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 for all of these countries, and 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 you know, what's what's really interesting is that the, is that the cold chain is. Is there already? So, so I, I did a, a little film once um, where I went from Nepal 
uh, from the capital and, um, and, and we, 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 we took the, these, these vaccinations and we did this cold train. So we, we went on a bus and then on a train and then we, we changed the cool, cool, cooling pack and then eventually went up after two days into this little village and we vaccinated all these kids. So, so what's amazing is that, the, is that, 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 that system is there. So all, all we need to do is, is put the, the Oxford vaccination into that and then we can we can we can vaccinate all these all these villages, but but you know, of course we need to sort ourselves out as well. But we need to think about um, we need to think about the whole world. The whole world needs vaccinating yeah. now. I think I think it has been a global thing, and it, it is something we need to address. And you can see everybody struggling to get hold of this vaccine at the moment, and it it, it can't just be you know, in the, in the West, Western countries. It needs to go global into the third world countries. Well, as that's well. why the Oxford, Oxford you know the Oxford um, vaccine is so it's so important because yeah. it, it 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 fits into that um, um, into the into the whole thing of, of being refrigerated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Where all the other vaccines, where the children have, um, I mean, it's really clever when you go to the, to the to the thing because lots of people don't have paperwork for their children to be vaccinated, so they need four vaccinations. So so they always put the measles, mumps, and and the other two in the legs, and and so so the way people remember is they you know which injections has your child had and they have they always remember which which limb the vaccination has gone into so they can remember you know what the child has or hasn't had i mean it's it's amazing little little tiny things that they come up with so so you know the oxford one or or, or the one that is refrigerated you know the pfizer one seems like it means seems like a sort of western world kind of uh vaccination because it needs to be kept so cold Mm. so you know that's why the the Oxford one or ones like it are are, are so important. Absolutely, Charlie. Well, I was going to say one more question. Um, obviously, you've travelled the world. You've been to pretty much every every kind of corner of the globe, if you like. So, one day when this uh, this is all over, lockdown's finished. Somebody says to you, "Right, Charlie, you've got one holiday. You've got <laughs> one place you can go. Um, where are you going to take your wife and kids for that getaway? Where's where's going to make Charlie happy?" Um, I think. Uh, I think I'd probably go to Kenya or Africa, the southern, southern, southern Africa. I, I've, I think, you know, when you and I went down through Africa together and long way down, we, we, I just fell in love with the place. And um, and in, in Kenya, I've got quite a few friends now in Kenya. Um, and so I think I'll go there. It's got one of the most beautiful, beautiful white coral sand beaches. It's, it's got the Matamara. It's the only place left in the world. I've, I've ridden in most parts of the world now and, and, and you know there just aren't that many indigenous animals around at all. And and whereas you go to Africa, you know, and I mean I take people. I do a motorcycle tour every year where we go from Cape Town to Victoria Falls. We go through South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. And um, we'll do uh, that, Paul. Shall we? I'll do that. Yeah, I'm there. Come along. We're not doing awesome. it on battery bikes, though. I no, 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 no. It, I call it. I call it glamping because because. You know, we stay in these most amazing places and go on safari and stuff. And we're riding along, and sometimes you have to stop because because sixty elephants are crossing the road. You know, and you, you sit there and you and you think, and there's a giraffe and a zebra and an eland and kudu and, and and you know and the hippos and, and stuff. And you just you sit there waiting for these elephants to go by, and and you think, well, th- there isn't anywhere else left in the world where where you can have that kind of experience. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know. So it, it is a, a super special place, but that's where I'd go. 
Well, thank you very much, Charlie. We're going to have to wrap this up, but um, I love you, Charlie. I've missed you, mate. We're going to have to catch up, but we're going to have to go for this ride very, <laughs> very soon. Thanks, Charlie. Definitely, definitely. Listen, thanks, guys, and listen, keep keep safe. And and then, Paul, don't be so stingy and put the heating on. Okay. <laughs> the heating is on. <laughs> it's just freezing. <laughs> thanks, okay. Buddy. Loads of love, everyone. Take care. Take care. Cheers, Charlie. Bye bye. Bye now. Do you know why I asked that question? I asked that question because your answer to that same question really surprised me. When I asked you, where's Paul's happy place? And you said to me about Jerusalem. Mm. I thought, blimey, you know, I, I kind of, a part of me expected it to be in the mountains because I remember recently on social media, you posting a, a picture of a, of a ski slope or whatever. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if he's going to say somewhere like that. And then you, you did mention the mountains, but yeah, then yeah. you mentioned, uh, then you mentioned Jerusalem. So you know, knowing that Charlie's been literally everywhere, isn't mm. he? There's probably not a, not a kilometre of ground that he hasn't covered almost. I yeah, thought, I wonder where his happy place is. It's, it, I mean, but it's always related to bikes. I mean, I, I still relate bikes to mountains and going on a journey. And that's one thing I've always wanted to do, which I haven't done yet. Mm. Go on a big journey on a bike. We're going to have to do this. We are definitely going to have to do this. But one thing I found fascinating about Charlie was opening up about his testicular cancer, um... I think it's good for all men to understand, you know, that, you know, we need to communicate and get things off our chest, as he does with you. And, you know, he had things going on in his mind and they talk things through very deeply private things. I just think he's a he's an amazing man. And um, I think he's a great guest. And he, he, I'm going to go and check my testes in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to drive home before I do mine because otherwise I find myself getting all a little bit excited on the way home. Well, I think if you go up riding on a bike again without telling your wife, I think you might lose one anyway. <laughs> I had a really funny story actually that I was going to share with uh, with Charlie and yourself um, about Kenny Roberts, King Kenny Roberts. Mm. So he has two sons. He has Kenny Jr. and, a, and another son called Curtis. But um, Kenny's like the most matter-of-fact, blatant person that, that you'll ever meet. And he once told us a story that, um, you know, he, he lost a ball in a, in a, in a crash. So um, basically, he, he hit his, his nuts on the tank or whatever and, and, and ended up having to have one out. But um, Kenny Jr. was born um, or, or conceived when Kenny Sr. had two balls, right? Mm. And, and Kenny Jr. is like the straightest... Um, that, I don't know, he's... He's, he's all there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Curtis, his younger son, is absolutely cuckoo, right? He, he's as mad as a barking frog. He is loose. But interestingly, Kenny had him when he only had one ball. And I remember <laughs> Curtis had done something. And uh, we're, we're all kind of sat around. There was junior, senior, Curtis, a load of us from the teams in, in GPs. And uh, we're all sat around chewing the fat one day and, and Kenny basically looked at Curtis. He says, man, that's why you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> I had you and I only have one ball. There's only half of the sense in you or something stupid. He come out with it. It's so funny. But Curtis, I mean, sorry, <laughs> Charlie would really, you know, he, he'd know Kenny. So he'd really, yeah. uh, he'd really appreciate it. But uh, the funniest thing I ever heard about testicles. I think he's brilliant. Right, we're, we're going to have to, uh, I'm going to go and have to warm up somewhere and have a cup of tea, but we're going to have to sort that journey out with Charlie. Yeah, sounds great. All right.